The scripture lesson today is from the first lesson of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 6 to 15 and 16 to 19. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him and established in faith, just as you were taught, abounded in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit. According to the human tradition and according to the element spirits of the universe, not according to Christ, for in him the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily, and you have come to fullness in him, who is ahead of every ruler and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision, but putting off the body of flesh and the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried, With him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God, who raised in him through the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and uncircumcisions of the flesh, God made you alive together with him when he forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and made public example of them, triumphant over and in it. Therefore, do not let anyone condemn you in the matters of food, drink, or observing festivals, new moons, and the Sabbath. These are only the shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Do not let anyone disqualify you. Insisted on self-abasement and the worship of angels dwelling in vi- on visions, puffed up without cause by a human way of thinking, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body nourishes and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows with the growth that is in God. Word of God, word of life. Please stand if you're able. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 13. Jesus was praying in a certain place. And after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. Do not bring us to the time of trial. And Jesus said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give anything because he is his friend, At least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. 
Search and you will find. Knock. And the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened for you. Is there anyone among you, if your child asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Prayer quiets the heart in a world of unremitting noise. Does that quote define your experience of prayer? Sometimes, but not all the time, right? In a time when it often seems that the only possibility of any kind of hope in this weary world comes through prayer. Sometimes, even prayer seems far away and detached from the reality of the mess the world seems to be in these days. Listen to the Reverend Tim Hart Anderson talk about prayer. Prayer rejects the notion that we need to be instantly gratified. Prayer refuses to be done by proxy. It invites us into relationship with a presence much deeper than anything the world can offer. Tim continues, If we do not have a prayer life, a prayer life that gives us time alone with God, even if only a few minutes each day, then we will find ourselves drifting away from God. We will soon simply be going through the motions of faith. Praying to God puts us in relationship with God, and only then do we begin to live as God intends for us to live in this world. You hear that last line? Praying to God puts us in relationship with God, and only then do we begin to live as God intends for us to live in this world. I really believe that it's so important for us to acknowledge and realize that Jesus himself taught his disciples to pray when he asked them to, when they asked him to. It's as it was told to us in the gospel lesson this morning. And from that lesson, we have the prayer we today call the Lord's Prayer. It comes down to us from these two sources, this Luke passage that I read and another one in Matthew where the prayer is sort of outlined and it's become refined and changed and, and molded into a piece of our liturgy. I like to think that Jesus was aware, very aware, of the understanding, the misunderstanding some of us have concerning prayer. The challenge of making prayer meaningful in our lives and to stop being afraid that our prayer is not good enough for God to hear. Listen to what one of my favorite preachers and teachers, Will Willimon, says about this aspect of prayer. He says, prayer, at least prayer in Jesus' name, as Jesus practiced it, does not come naturally. Most people I know think that our prayers ought to be heartfelt and sincere. 
Jesus apparently could care... This is why I love Willimon by this, this line alone. Jesus apparently could care less about such sentimental mush. Jesus has a definite, peculiar notion of what constitutes prayer. Prayer is not whenever I spill my guts to God. Prayer is when I obey Jesus and pray for the things that Jesus teaches me to pray for. When I pray the way Jesus prays. Did you get that? Prayer is when I obey Jesus and pray for the things that Jesus teaches me to pray for. When I pray that way, Jesus prays. Willimon continues, Prayer is bending my feelings and desires, my thoughts and yearnings toward Jesus. And what Jesus wants me to feel, desire, and think. Here it is again. Prayer is bending my feelings and desires, my thoughts and yearnings toward Jesus, and what Jesus wants me to feel, desire, and think. End quote. Does that mean we'll always get there? Absolutely not. Does that mean that we got to keep trying? Yeah. So there you have it. Two definitions of prayer and a way to approach prayer. Remember the definitions? Listen again. Praying to God puts us in relationship with God, and only then do we begin to live as God intends for us to live in this world. And... Prayer is bending my feelings and desires, my thoughts and yearnings, and your thoughts and yearnings toward Jesus. And what Jesus wants me and wants all of us to feel, to desire, and to think. So prayer should not be just a laundry list of joys and concerns. While it's important to remember those in need of prayer... We must quickly move past the notion that that is all we're supposed to do. Pray for the sick and give thanks for someone who gets better. Sometimes that's easy to, to, the easy way out, if you will. Oh yeah, I said my prayers and that's all you did. Prayer for the comfort and support of those who are experiencing or have experienced loss. Sometimes giving thanks. For those who have gotten things that they wanted or healing that they desired or whatever. But then we stop there. Which brings us to why the Lord's Prayer is so important. Well, first, the notion that this is indeed a special gift that Jesus gives us. But beyond that, we really need help in keeping the focus of the prayer where it belongs. It certainly follows that the disciples who spent time with Jesus, a lot of time with Jesus... And lived with him every day. Think about riding in a car with somebody for a really long time. And all of the obscure things that you talk about that you normally wouldn't talk about. And all the important things that you bring up that might just, uh, you don't ever get around to them. Or you think about them, but then you get interrupted because somebody just cut you off and you went, oh my goodness, look at that. So you got all kinds of those things that happen in our everyday lives. But sometimes when you're on the interstate and you're just going along and it's just you and another person and you start talking, think about that. That's kind of the way Jesus' disciples must have been with him as they were traveling across the desert and there wasn't really anything to see. So they talked about all kinds of things. Even in that environment, they needed help. The disciples needed help with prayer. All of us, and especially and certainly this preacher, need assistance and training and tutoring, not just once or twice, but constantly and throughout our lives. Learning to pray is not something that is ever finished. 
Did you hear me? Learning that how to pray is something that's ever finished. And much to the chagrin of any of you perfectionists out there, who or those who always had to get A's, you can never perfect praying. And no one gets A's. But no one fails either. And more than all that, the Lord's Prayer should serve as that reminder. That reminder each time we say it. No more mumbling and stumbling through this important remedial lesson we all need so desperately. Listen to preacher and teacher Will Willimon again. Here Willimon is not only speaking to us, but he also may be speaking for us. When he says, thank God, Jesus does not leave us to our own devices when it comes to prayer. If I were praying on my own, and I w- would, would I pray for something as mundane as daily bread? Give us this day our daily bread. Well, some of us just take that for granted, that it's there. Or unless we forgot to go to the store, but we still can get in the car and go to the store and get that daily bread. Or would I, Willimon says, or would I have the guts to acknowledge that I had actually trespassed against someone? Or was ready to forgive debts owed to me by another? No. There would be no way for me to pray faithfully in Jesus' name if he weren't there every Sunday coaching me, prodding me, saying, when you pray, say this. The summit of Christian worship, Willimon says, the most challenging moment, he says, is that risky, countercultural, against our natural inclination moment when someone stands up amid the congregation and says what? Let us pray. Let us pray. So where does that leave us? Well, one thing is certain and been made clear to me as I wrote the sermon. I have, we all have, a lot of work to do to understand praying. And I hope we are not going to give up. And I would offer that we need to keep trying. And while we keep trying, we need also to continue to challenge ourselves and expand each of our relationships with Jesus Christ or expand our desire to have a relationship with Jesus Christ as it comes through the study of Scripture, through our faith experience, through our interaction with others, and most importantly, with the help of God. With the help of God, we will be able to continue on this journey, renewed and refreshed, so that we, can, we may continue to serve the, this risen and redeeming Lord in new, special, and exciting ways. Thanks be to the one who taught all of us to pray. Now, as we reach the summit of our worship this morning, I want you to join me in this radical, countercultural moment. But I have one more thing to say. I thought about singing the Lord's Prayer, you know, the Malat Lord's Prayer. No, that, that's the name of it. That, the Lord's Prayer that you're always, you always hear people sing. And I thought about that, and then I said, no, but if I do that, everybody will just go, oh, wasn't that wonderful He's, when he sang? That's not what we want. <laughs> we want you to concentrate on the words. And then the other thing that always comes to mind is, 
In my first church, I had this very dear young man. I just saw him about eight or about eight months ago. His name is Christopher Periscavacus. Christopher was born with Down syndrome. Christopher, however, because his mother banged the table and made sure that he got the education that he deserved, not only got that special certificate that, that kids who have mental challenges got, but he stayed in high school until he was 21 and has an actual high school diploma. Chris can't talk so well. That's one of his challenges. But Christopher knows the church liturgy. And when Christopher comes to worship... He prays really loud and he sings really loud and you know Chris is there because it has a, his voice has a distinctive ring to it too. If I pray for somebody after the service, Chris had 10 more people for me to pray for. That's just Christopher. So when I was first at the church and I realized that Christopher was there, Christopher can't say the prayer as fast as all the rest of us can. So I heard Christopher praying and like sort of a little bit behind us. So I slowed the prayer way down at Christopher's speed. And that's the way we prayed the whole prayer. After worship, one of the leaders of the church came up to me. Why was that prayer so slow? That was ridiculous. I said, do you know Christopher? They said, yeah, of course I know Christopher. Christopher was here today. Christopher knows the prayer. So we were praying at Christopher's speed. The leader put their tail between their legs and went away and said, oh, I get it. My point about that story is, is that the prayer means something different to everybody. But also just saying it as something that we say every week and blah, or at the end of a meeting we hold hands and we go blah. That's not the way it should be. we got to go beyond blah. Right? So we're going to say the prayer now, and then we're going to say the prayer again where it belongs in the service, so-called. And we're going to hopefully do it the same way both times, except I'm not going to remind you the second time. <laughs> so if you are ready, as the, uh, however it helps you most to pray, looking at the words, closing your eyes, however that works for you. Here come those radical countercultural words. The Lord be with you. Let us pray the words that our Lord Jesus taught us together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please stand if you're able. 
the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Let us pray. O God, in this holy communion, you have welcomed us into your presence. Nourish us with words of mercy and feed us at your table. Amid the cares of this life, strengthen us to love you with our whole heart. Serve our neighbors with a willing spirit and honor the earth you have made through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now receive these words of benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and always and unto ages of ages. Amen.